Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. To get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Do you really think we can? Yeah, well, do you think we can make it better? Well, that's what we're here for. And we are here uh, every Tuesday night. We can be. We have, we have some complications once in a while, but pretty much we're here on Tuesday nights with a special guest to talk about living the Christian life in the marketplace, of being who we are in the world, whatever that means and whatever that looks like. And uh, we've got ordinary people, we've got uh, lecturers, we've got teachers and professors and, and special people in and out. Of course, of course, they're all special, you know that. But um, we have a, a variety of different people on as, as guests. And uh, boy, put, put, put this all together and uh, you get some real encouragement. Uh, about basically learning how to live your Christian life uh, in the middle of the real world. And, and that's really what the catch is. Send it back about from day one, real life, real faith. And, and putting those two together is uh, that's what we're after. And so that's why these uh, Tuesday nights are so uh, helpful and encouraging and if you're listening to this it's because you are you have found us online and you are at our site uh, at least the blog talk radio site um, and if you are there you can scroll down from when this is over you can scroll down from where you are and and find oh my gosh uh Hundred? I don't know how many. We've been at this for three years at least, and uh, uh, you know, there's 52 weeks in a year. So I would say we've got uh, you know over a hundred for sure um, uh, interviews that are now podcasts, and uh, so you can scroll down all the way back to the very beginning, pick one, and listen to whatever interests you there. So I hope you'll take advantage. There's really a wealth of information and, um, and, and they're all, they're entertaining too, because uh, we, we just have people that are thought provoking and people that are, uh, if they're thought provoking, they're entertaining too. So um, tonight, tonight we have a very special guest and uh, I got to tell you just a little bit about him. Um, I I actually first met him when he uh introduced to me through through an email that that he was he had been for some time a constant lunch companion of mine and and I 
was kind of taken back because I, I didn't really remember having lunch with him. And uh, what what he was telling me was that um, uh, at the time he was a teacher at a Sacramento high school, a musician, a music teacher. And uh, over lunchtime, he would um, take his computer with him and he would have lunch and read the catch and, and uh, comment or read the comments and just kind of uh, mull over uh, what, what I was talking about. And I, I just thought that was fantastic that someone would be that committed and care that much to uh, be involved on a daily basis with uh, the things that I was writing. And so one thing led to another, and over the years, um, I've gotten to know this brother uh, fairly well. His name is Mike Sito, and uh, let me tell you very quickly about about him. Mike was uh, born in Sacramento, California, and uh, went to high school there, graduated uh, in Sacramento High School, um, went to Cal State University, and uh, had a BA in music, and then we'll have him tell us how he ended up in uh, a Baptist seminary in Sioux Falls, uh, Minnesota, so uh, or South Dakota. Um, we'll, that's going to be an interesting one um, because Mike uh, joined the ministry um, and pastored churches for about what looks like about 30 uh, well, about 30, almost 40 years, 30 years. And then then um, he had a whole career change. We're going to hear about that. And um, and got his, went back to school, got his California teaching credential, um, and uh, began as a music teacher at a local high school for a total of 30 years. That's, I I just think being a pastor and then being a music teacher in a high school is a very interesting jump. And uh, that's intriguing enough for me to make Mike, uh, uh, make me want to make Mike our guest today and talk about that jump, why he took it, what uh, what he's learned in both of those camps, because obviously uh, he's been he's been in the ministry and he's been in 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 the public uh, uh, the public school um, as a teacher. So he's been on both sides of the fence, and uh, he's also uh, quite talented in in music himself. And uh, in the middle of that. Uh, he was um, director for the Asian American Christian Fellowship at UC Davis in uh, in the 80s. Um, so uh, maybe he'll tell us a little bit about that too. I don't know. We've got time for all of this, but um, there you go. That is our very interesting guest for tonight. And so please welcome with me to the catch on Blog Talk Radio. Mike, Michael, Mike Sito. Mike, welcome uh, to the catch. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> introduction. <laughs> uh, so you I wanted you want to know okay. about me, 
Yeah, no, you did fine. Uh, Except my name is pronounced. Uh, we've never talked about this. My name is pronounced Seto. Seto. Which is okay. Yeah, because well, I'm, I'm uh, my my family is uh, Japanese, and okay. so that's how the 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 Japanese uh, language uh, uses a short e for. So, short so e. I'm Seto. Seto. Yep. Because I have friends that are Chinese well, that are Setos. Yeah. <laughs> really? No but kidding. Yeah, that, it's it's really <laughs> odd because I'm, I get asked all the time, are you Chinese? I go, no, I'm Japanese. I go, what? Well, anyway. <laughs> well, so, I'm glad uh, you so when I was a, on that one. <laughs> so, so when I was about 12 years old, I, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior at a vacation Bible school that my friend invited oh, wow. me to. And I just went because yeah. he invited me and – and uh, I, I'd been raised in a church, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything new. I was just going for fun. Um, and the thing was, I must have been ready to receive the message at that point. And uh, I remember uh, we got to see a Billy Graham film. Mm. And, the, and an evangelist came uh, with them, and he was a trombonist. Which impressed me because I, I already was playing in mm-hmm. band uh, as a kid, and and so that that left a, a, a kind of a deep impression with me. And then ex- at that point, I accepted Christ as my savior. Uh, the next year, I was a sixth grader, big sixth grader, and our teacher asked us uh, through a, uh, I guess it's a, a worksheet, and said, uh, and, the, and the last question was, what do you want to do with your life? What do you think you want to be when you grow up? And I put I put three things down: a musician, a teacher, and a pastor. Wow! So when I was yeah, so I was 12 years old, and these things were already kind of set before me. So of course you know you grow up and you're a kid, and music really became what I wanted to do. I'm I was very good at it. Um, I was playing guitar and singing. I was playing the in the in the band, I played tuba. Uh, I was playing in the jazz band. I was playing string bass. So that was my center, and that's what I wanted to do in in my, in my life. And so when I got to go to college, uh, I got a scholarship to play string bass in the University of Nevada Reno Jazz Band, which was one wow. of the top bands when I graduated. Uh, when I was going to graduate, it was a full tuition scholarship. Four years, and so it was renewable. Wow! And my father would not support me. <laughs> oh, oh no! Yeah, uh, he just well, he, he really he didn't, he didn't want me to be. A, yeah, he, he didn't want me to be a, a, a musician. <laughs> well, I would he think didn't he would at least pay... <laughs> support the free education. <laughs> well, the, the free part was fine, but it was paying for the room and board. Uh, at the university because <laughs> I'd have to travel uh, and go to Nevada. And yeah. so he, uh, okay. so he, he, he stopped me from going to Nevada. Oh. So I went to Sac state. That's too bad. So I never played string bass again as a, mm. as a student and because I needed a good. tuba player. Yeah, I was, I was pretty good back then. So I ended I up playing tuba so. and trombone <laughs> at Sac, Sacramento state and I got in the ed, ed department, and so I was planning to be a music teacher. In the meantime, I got working for a, a part-time for a church, 
uh, as uh, actually I wasn't being paid. I went and volunteered and I directed uh, the youth program and a youth choir. I started up a youth choir in a small church and we even went around and we visited other churches. And so it was pretty cool, you know, because this church never had that. And in the meantime, somebody saw, uh, saw what I was doing and needed a new uh, choir director actually in a staff position. And so the next year would be my senior year in college. I got a, a call from a church to be the youth choir director. So I went there and I directed the choir and the pastor and the youth pastor said, you need to go to seminary. And I go, what? <laughs> okay. And then they, they offered me a scholarship. The church did. And so they sent me to seminary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. So I've been to that seminary, by the way. Yeah. Oh, you've been there? I know yeah. exactly where it's, that is. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a, so I spent three years college, in South Dakota. Uh, yeah. There's a college. Sioux Falls in, College in is right. Uh, yes. That's a, um, yeah. Anyway, the, they're both Baptists. Uh, one's uh, one Baptist and then the other is mm-hmm. another Baptist. But, but, but yeah, we uh, did cooperative. In fact, uh, I went and played in the concert band there for one of my friends who was directing. And, uh, you know, we, I, I did, we did things between the two. So anyway, so I graduated from seminary and, uh, I took my first uh, position and discovered that it wasn't really what I had thought it was going to be. Uh, I figured I wanted uh, I wanted to be a music uh, minister, so I got I got a position as music minister, and discovered that it was not what I thought it was going to be. And so I ended up uh, uh, leaving that position, and that's how I got into teaching school. Because uh, one of my mentor pastors told me, <laughs> he said, uh, you know what? We need more Christians in the public education system. And says, uh, you know, why don't you, you uh, think about staying in there and, and continuing to teach? So I got a job uh, teaching elementary, junior high kids, beginning instruments all the way up to advanced. Uh, and uh, Actually, I was hired by my old high school band director who was – now the superintendent of the music uh, department for the district. Mm-hmm. So, so um, that's how I got in there. And then I, uh, my home church that I grew up in a little uh, Japanese Baptist church uh, called me to be their pastor on a part-time basis because uh, the church was really too small to support a full-time minister. And so I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So I ended up uh, doing uh, kind of tent maker uh, type uh, ministry, mm. working so full time as a teacher. Basically. Yeah, mm. and then I went crazy, and I I worked for uh, the campus ministry too. So I was doing uh, campus ministry mm. at UC Davis with um, American uh, Asian American Christian Fellowship, which is related mm-hmm. to GEMS, which is uh, Japanese Evangelical Missionary oh, yeah. Society. And so I did that for um, like eleven years, and so I, I had a, a, a a real good time dealing with college students while I'm dealing with the junior high and elementary kids. Plus I'm dealing with uh, church people <laughs> as, as a pastor. Yeah. So you're preaching, you're preaching on Sundays and. Yep. I'm teaching a Bible yeah. study. Um, mm. And uh, I'm going to Davis on Friday nights and on Sunday afternoons, um, Friday nights for their meeting. And, and I met with a court group and then uh, I was teaching every day, 
fortunately, it wasn't a high school job at the time. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have had time to do all the other stuff. So that went on until um, I got laid off by the uh, school district. They canceled the elementary music program. Mm. So I, I needed to find another job. And so I looked at uh, full-time ministry, and I found one as a pastor in the Bay Area. And so I was I was in the Bay Area for nine years, and it was mm. tough. It was a tough ministry. And so when I came out of that, I was uh, I found a, a position in a, in a junior high to teach music. So I did that for two years um, because my daughter wanted to graduate high school in the, uh, where she had started, and so she had two years left when, mm. I, when I left the church. So we we stuck around for two more years, and then I got laid off on that position, and uh, that's how we got to uh, we got back to Sacramento. And okay. This band position opened up, which is a, the weirdest thing is the super the superintendent in charge of uh, personnel was the father of one of my students when I taught junior high music back to Sac in Sacramento before, and ah. he contacted me out of the blue and said. Uh, how'd you like to come and teach in Sacramento in a high school? <laughs> so, so we we came to Sacramento, and then uh, actually in the meantime we helped start a, a we did a, a startup church with uh, another uh, uh, denomination, and we were with that we were with that church until uh, 2012, and then I, I retired as a music teacher in 2014. Wow! So that's wow. that's the extent of and. It's it's always interesting to see how how God kind of shoved me into each of these things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm interested in both times you mentioned that the ministry part of things was tough. I think you said that first on when you were talking about um, uh, uh, a music pastor, and then later on you were a pastor for a number of years in the Bay Area and, and that that was tough. What talk about that a little bit. What what was what made the ministry part so tough? So well, you know you know how you, you have uh, notions on, on how things should be. And I always thought that uh, my musical talent was a, a was a gift. Uh, a you know, a mm-hmm. spiritual gift. And so that's why I, I felt well you know, I've got this natural talent. You know, God was going to use this thing as a um, as a way to uh, develop a, a spiritual gift in music. But I discovered there there is no spiritual gift in music, <laughs> not really. <laughs> and yeah, there's a spiritual gift of worship, um, mm-hmm. but I don't have that gift because I had to work so hard at it in order to in order to mm-hmm. do what needed to be done. And then one church, I, I, I had four choirs, um, plus I had to administer the worship service and all, all the things going on uh, uh, with music within the church. Plus I had to do pastoral duties as well because it was a big staff. We had, we had four full-time uh, pastors on our staff. So that really, in a, in a lot of ways, caused me to be disillusioned about you know what I was doing. And I'm going, wow, you know, this is, this is a lot tougher. You know, why'd you bring me here? <laughs> hmm. uh, 
Mm. So uh, the, one of the points that God made to me, he says, well, I want you to go and try the pastor thing. And I go, what? I says, I don't have the gift of preaching or any of this. He says, well, I think I need you there because you're going to – there's people I want you to meet. And so that kind of became the uh, what I what I would think that God wanted me to do at that point. And so whenever I went someplace, I figured there were people there that God is sending me to. Maybe you know, not the whole congregation. Many times, maybe it was one or or two people that uh, I would have a particular influence, or maybe I maybe I didn't even spend a whole lot of time with them, but maybe I just needed to say a few words to them uh, that would help uh, turn them into into another direction mm-hmm. or help them to uh, solidify ideas. So, oh, barking. Wow. Yeah, that, that's all right. Just ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, um, I, I also use that, that ministry idea as, when, uh, when, as a teacher. And I always hmm. ran into a few students that became – they were special students who kind of – I kind of latched on or they latched on to me. Sometimes it was mutual. Sometimes mm-hmm. it wasn't. But there was a reason why I was there, and that student, particular student, was probably the one that I was there for and that I needed to you know, maybe mentor more, maybe to have a few more – maybe mm-hmm. just to get to know a little better. So that, that mm-hmm. occurred – you know, and th- these are even elementary and uh, junior high kids that I taught when I first started teaching. And some of those kids I had from fourth grade through eighth grade. So I had them for quite a few years. Wow. And so I got to, I got to yeah. know them. I, and, and some of them actually, I almost became a parent because of, of where I, where mm. I got them, you know, from 10 to uh, 14. And, uh, and I'm still actually, mm. it's interesting. I'm still in contact with, uh, with some of these kids after all these years. Great. And, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, so eventually I got to, I got to the, uh, high school thing, uh, after going through the, uh, UC Davis thing, uh, when I worked with the, uh, Asian American kids there. Mm-hmm. So what it was is I, I thought because I could work, I've worked fairly well with Asian American kids and, and they were varied you know and we have filipino chinese vietnamese japanese uh and other um uh, asians and and people who like to hang around with asians uh, and it was it was quite an interesting uh, broad uh, kind of experience mm-hmm. with them and so when i i was offered uh, after i got laid off with my my teaching job i was offered a um position in a in an ethnic chinese church which, as you know, I'm not Chinese, uh, but they wanted an English pastor. So the most difficult thing I found, uh, and that's that's really the, was one of the toughest because I did it full time, um, was uh, dealing with the, the cultural and political uh, workings within uh, within a particular church, and uh, oh. as a result of that, it kind of developed. Uh, I kind of developed uh, a little bit of cynicism towards uh, towards ministry because of what I had to deal with when I was there. And mainly mm-hmm. it was that these can you people, give us, uh, maybe, yeah, can you give us maybe an example of something uh, yeah, like that? that they, had, been... they had traditions uh, and I was trying to get mm-hmm. them to, 
to see, especially it was a changing neighborhood. Um, the uh, most of the uh, the um, members of the church didn't even live in the area. Uh, they lived outside the area and then came came in. There there were a few families still there, but most of them uh, uh, moved to, into different parts of the Bay Area uh, rather than just staying there in the mm-hmm. San Mateo area. And so the neighborhood was uh, was a different uh, were different ethnic groups, uh, various kinds. And so, you know, I walk I walk around there and, and you know say hi to these people, and then I thought, well, maybe it's time for us to uh, outreach to these these uh, uh, non non Asian uh, many non Asian people, and and see if you know if we can attract them in into the church. And I've got a lot of opposition to that. Uh, they didn't, really, they from, were not from the people who were there. Hmm. You know, they, they were not open to non, uh, well, non-Asian mainly, uh, and it huh. was, and I tried to bring people in, and it was it was really tough. Um, hmm. uh, I wanted to run, I wanted to run a VBS and open it up to the neighborhood, and uh, mm-hmm. no, that didn't. Uh, no, they didn't want to do it that way. Um, hmm. You know, I mean, it was things like that, and. But, but it's part almost of it like is, they wanted to was, have a a club. They wanted to have their own their yeah, own in, culture in, a, in a way. Right. Uh, but it was you mm-hmm. know it was a multilingual uh, it was a multilingual uh, uh, Chinese church. So, and then it was also foreign born and American born, and then very American born. You know, like three generations mm-hmm. in. So we, we had the we had the various um, age groups also, mm-hmm. but they were. Um, it was, it was it was a tough one uh, f- from that aspect, and me not being Chinese, uh, but being Asian, mm-hmm. they expected me to uh, to understand what was going on, and I didn't. So mm-hmm. it was my lack. I think part of it was one, my lack of understanding of of what they wanted, and number two, their luck, lack of understanding of, of seeing that I wanted to move them somewhere else, and they didn't want to move. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So out of that, then you finally ended up back in uh, the public school. That's right. And, 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 as and a high tell school me about that. As, yeah, as a high school band teacher, and and was that now compare that to the was that fulfilling for you? And 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 how do you see God use you there? Well. Uh, I basically got into the same mode that I was in before uh, when I was teaching the younger kids. So, but the thing was, mm-hmm. it was quite quite more expand, uh, expanded program. I had a marching band. Uh, when I started, I had a choir. In fact, I had two choirs. I had a guitar class. I had an, um, a percussion class. So I had uh, I had all these classes going. Uh, so I had all these high school kids. Some of them with some experience. Some of them without experience in music. And uh, so I, I tried to I wanted to develop kind of a cohesive program where where I can get these kids involved uh, with making music in in public school, and of course at high school level it's it's quite a bit higher level than uh, you know elementary junior high. So I got the marching band started. They didn't have one before because the school was fairly new. So I I got the marching band started. I got a, a small jazz ensemble started uh, after school. We had a percussion ensemble. Uh, marching uh, marching mm. drums 
uh, had a, a hard class. I had great choirs. I had some fabulous mm-hmm. students that were in there. Um, and then the, the, the school decided to cut that, and I was I got cut down to uh, like three classes. They cut the program mm. back. Um, actually, they changed the scheduling so that there was no more room for my uh, for my uh, some of my classes. And so at that point, I ended up teaching junior high and, and high school. So I, I took over the junior high program. Um, so I have a full time job. And of course, then they closed the junior high. <laughs> and, wow. And uh, wow. Uh, but you know, I'm, so I went through all these things. So when I caught up with you, I was working two high schools, and uh, it was the second <laughs> high school that had grown bigger than my high school. In fact, they were huge. Uh, I had 45 kids in my marching band, and uh, the other guy had 170 kids in his marching band. So wow. they uh, they had extra classes, so they gave me – I taught the guitar classes over at uh, the other high school. And that's when I had lunch. I had a little longer lunch break, and that's when I connected with you. <laughs> um, tell me, were you able to uh, – what about ministry in that context um, with, with these high school kids? Uh, were you able to carry on some something – of that, uh, and what did that what did that look like? Well, what what was really neat is I had a drum instructor who was also a believer, and he was there before me. In fact, he's mm. a, he's a professional professional drummer, uh, and so he and I were because we could lean on each other, we were able to uh, to mm. keep a united front and and to keep uh, certain standards. Now we didn't necessarily say they were Christian, but we kept certain standards in how we dealt with the kids, uh, how we dealt with uh, with the people outside of, uh, our music department, you know, even administration, school administration, and uh, and parents and so forth. And of course, there's always uh, a few kids who are believers, and so those kids uh, latched onto us, and we latched onto them, and so we we encouraged those even more. And so we were able to, uh, not that we did anything organized, but but we were able to, um, in a sense, minister to each other, and to um, maintain a certain level mm. of um, the standards of uh, Christian standards as we were uh, doing our program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have any of those kids uh, come back to you later? Uh, any of them come back and thank you? Um, you know how. How does that? Is that any any rewards for for all those years? <laughs> well, I, I tell you, um, when I retired, I I put out a call. I said, "Hey, uh, we need a little help at the graduation. You know, I have a small band. Uh, come and come back, and if you're a choir, we'll we'll, we'll set up a choir and we'll sing uh, we'll sing the national anthem or something. You know." And I got uh, I got about 25 kids uh, who who graduated. Uh, come back and wow. help do them. My last graduation. Beautiful. And mm. it was, you know, it was, it was, those were all a great bunch of kids. And there were a few of them that, uh, mm-hmm. fact, I, I had contact with. I said, well, you know, uh, we're we're in school, or we're we're in the East Coast, or we're down in L.A. And we can't make it back up, but we're, you know, mm-hmm. you know, congratulations mm-hmm. on your retirement and so forth. So, so that's yeah. So yeah, that's you know, there's, great. There's a, there was a lot of reward from, uh, from doing these high school kids. Uh, uh, doing music with all these high school kids. Wow, were you able uh, were you able to 
to talk about the Lord at all, or did you feel like you had your hands kind of tied, or did did were you able to do that maybe in within personal relationships? How does how does that yeah, work? Yeah, no, the, yeah, no. The, I I avoided pretty much uh, talking about it. Uh, uh, my mm-hmm. faith, you know, as far as in a classroom setting, but uh, when we weren't in a classroom setting, and the kids would ask me, and and we had started this church in the area, so that some of the uh, some of the kids uh, knew about the church, or they knew knew the other some of the other families, and they knew that I was uh, I was doing actually I was doing the worship uh-huh. meeting at the time, and uh, so you know it, it was always interesting to the uh, believer uh, the kids who were believers were uh, could come to me and talk to me if they needed to, and uh, I remember I even um, I had one girl who was who was Catholic, and I said no, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, she was going in for an operation, and I took her aside and, and I prayed for her. Um, uh, after school, okay. I believe, yeah. and uh, and I, I'm in contact with her still, and uh, so you know That's it was great. those kinds of things. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, gosh, I can't believe it. Uh, our time is already uh, already up, but there was there's one more question that's a real important one that I wanted to have you briefly talk to us about is uh, a dream that you had recently. And uh, I, I want you to talk just a little bit about that because uh, it, it ties so directly with, uh, I know something that, that God has laid upon our hearts and especially my wife, actually, she's the one who's really got this burden. So uh, tell us a little bit about that because uh, that was very, very encouraging to us to hear this, what you were telling us coming from just out of nowhere. Really, really, it was uh, it was really quite a quite a thing. Well, you know when uh, the, the Bible talks about the last days and how you know, young people yeah. will see visions, but the old men will dream dreams. And so, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm an old man now. I know. Uh, I, I was talking to you about that earlier, <laughs> and uh, like you don't like to admit that you're an old man, you know. So I I, I won't admit that right. I'm an old man either. But anyway. <laughs> I've had very vivid vivid dreams and this one dream hmm. was uh I was uh, I was a pastor of a church and I had a double congregation and uh there was a very large group and then a, a fairly small group and they were both watching videos but it was music you know there's oh. a lot of music involved and one uh, one group um was the large group the music was much louder than the other group and so uh, I was going back and forth and and I'm going well did you you know these people can't can't hear this uh, they can't hear what they're watching but the, the, this music is very loud uh, or the the audio was very loud on that and I was I was trying to trying to somehow balance it out but it, it was a matter of hmm. um, of how we're reaching the current generation uh, our millennial hmm. uh, generation, which is, you know, uh, I, uh, I taught a lot of these kids who are who are millennials, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. how how we as older older believers, a lot of us musicians, how do we reach these these people in particular, and what is it that's overshadowing what they're uh, uh, what we're trying to say to them? It's you know, kind of covering up our 
our uh, message, you might say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that was basically it. I mean, it was very vivid enough for me to remember it and to tell you about it. <laughs> you brought up, though, but in, in that, you also brought up um, – a lot of the original Jesus people, and you mentioned them by name. Some of them, like the Brian Barry McGuire and and uh, Chuck Gerard and and uh, Nancy Honeytree, yeah. and some of these folks. They were Those are the guys I listened to yeah. in some way. Yeah, what? Right. But you had them. They were a part of this vision. Where where did they fit in, as far as what you what you saw? It was the idea of trying to uh, encourage the current generation to produce something similar to that. To ah. to uh, ah. yeah, because we had our music that we bought into. You know, I mean, the Jesus people. Yeah. You know, because I, I I remember all this stuff, and and we used to go and hear this music. I used to sing. You know, we used to sing all this music. You know, even some of your music. I. I'm actually yeah. still singing some of that stuff now, but uh, this music was inspiring and it kept us focused. And also we got a lot of older people in our churches mad at us because we wanted to do that music. Uh, they go, no, you can't do that music. I go, they, they use drums. I go, yeah, I'm going to bring drums in. No, no, you can't do that. You know, but what is it, what is it that uh, the current generation needs to do in order to develop that sort of uh, ministry? Mm. So Amazing, words, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to get we need to get some of those uh, people back in a, in a way as mentors, I think, and and yep. to inspire to inspire the millennials and the younger ones to do the same thing w- with their generation and their time. And uh, right. boy, that yeah, we we've uh, you know we we've got just the barely barely a startup on music that matters on a on a radio station that we're we're working on we've got a long way to go but that is exactly our vision for it not not to be nostalgic we don't want to just go back to the old days but what we want to do is to bring these people together so that they might be an inspiration and they might be mentors to the millennials, to the younger generation. So, well, yep. you were right on track, and your vision was such an encouragement to us. I can't t- uh, tell you how much that was because, uh, you know, you just you you had no idea what we were talking about and thinking about, and what God was leading us to do, and uh, this just came out uh, out of the blue. And um, so, uh, I just wanted to publicly thank you for for passing that on to us and. Uh, and, uh, well, I had to tell somebody and... that could do something about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's hope that we can. And and uh, I just say to all of our listeners, be praying about this. And this is really our goal. This is what we want to see happen. And uh, uh, we don't want to go to the – we don't want to have another Jesus movement just, you know, just for old time's sake. And, uh, we – we believe that that God is is ready to move again, and um, no doubt, no and, doubt, and that He is He's actually started, and uh, there are evidences among the millennials that He has actually already started a movement there. So uh, 
what we want to do is help help focus that, help encourage the younger people uh, to to do this, the same thing that 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 we did, and that was just take take on the music as a as a vehicle for praising God and for mainly preaching the gospel and and letting people know they can be set free. That it's the message of that we wanted to get out. And, um, well, of course, yeah. it's always been the message. Yep. Yeah, but it'd be, it has. it'd be really neat yeah. to have these have our our uh, colleagues from when we were, you know, like when I was in college, have those guys yeah. come out again and and maybe even share the music that maybe a lot of millennials don't even know, you know. And that stuff was right. so was so much fun to do that, and it was, you know, and. And mm-hmm. we used to like to just pass it on all the time. We were always singing it to somebody. So, you know, that's the <laughs> kind of thing we need to have or that needs to be uh, produced that's great. Uh, with the next generation. Great. Great. Well, well, we plan on doing that and uh, we plan on seeing this, seeing this vision come to fruition. We really do. And uh, so uh, listeners, pray with us that we might uh, know the steps to take towards this. And, uh, and and Mike, thank you for being an encouragement along the way. And uh, and thanks for sharing us with us today how how God has directed you in your life and and through through the ministry and outside of it. Uh, you know, it really doesn't matter, does it? Uh, you're going to minister one way or another. Yeah, there's no outside ministry. Everything is. <laughs> if you're a believer, everything is ministry, no matter what you do. Everything is. Everything is. That's great. Well, Mike, thank you so much. Um, we still, uh, you know, I haven't been getting my catch out early enough for lunch, so I'm. <laughs> maybe we, maybe we should start having dinner together. <laughs> oh, that might work. Maybe. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, your life is not regimented the way it was then, I'm sure. So it's a different world now. But thank you. Thank you for being an encouragement to me um, over the years. I, I appreciate it very much. So, well, God thank bless. you for uh, for sharing your stuff. You know, I mean, it's just you've been an inspiration to me for for many years. So but but recently this has been been a lot different. <laughs> It's exciting. It really is. <laughs> great, great, great. Well, I hope we can talk again. And uh, thanks for I sharing so with too. us today, Mike. Okay. Mm-hmm. God bless. Same. Well, there we go, folks. That was cool. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Mike and uh, the way God's worked through him. And and the pray with us, too. Pray with us about the and pray for those original musicians. Some of them are kind of hurting. Some of them are lonely. They feel like they've been forgotten. Um, we need to we need to get them on board again. So pray for them and individually. If you've been touched, if you've been touched by uh, some of those original Christian musicians, pray pray for them and uh, ask God to to uh, to fill them, give them a direction. Tell him that he's not done with him, and he's got a lot more coming, and uh, that's that's what we want to be a part of, and we want you to be a part of it too. So, God bless you. Uh, this has been great. 
Um, thank you, Mike. Thank you, everybody. Uh, take care. We'll, we'll see you again next week.